Welcome to The Alternative Show. I'm Trevor Thomas, and you're tuned to KSKQ.org 94.9 FM. Thank you for listening to my show. If you're new, this is a variety show that includes music, old-time radio shows, thought-provoking conversations, metaphysical discourses, news, and more. Coming up this hour, we'll be playing music from MGMT, Modest Yahoo, um, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and potentially if we have some time, Offspring, POD, and a couple of others. Uh, We'll also do some answering machine messages. We'll continue off where we left off with uh, The Shadow. And I may be introducing you guys to a new uh, segment today, which which hopefully, if we have time, we'll be able to do that. But in a few minutes, we'll be talking with um, Hannah Tashjin about kids, which is our topic for today's show. Uh, But before we do that, to get you in the mood for that, I'm going to play a song, uh, MGMT, by or Kids by MGMT. And, uh, and to get you in the mood for that, I'm going to do a quote. Okay, hold on one second. <laughs> so, you may give children your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts.
So today we have an extra special guest in our uh, studio, and this is this is Hannah Teshjian, and uh, she's my good friend um, who I met through Ben, and you guys don't really need to know all that, but here's Hannah. Say something. Hi, guys. Thanks right. for having me on the show, Trev. You're welcome. I got the microphone correct, so that's wonderful. So um, today we're going to be talking about kids, and I guess more, specific, more specifically, education in general. And um, yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? Okay. Well, I am a preschool teacher here in Ashland at Children's World Montessori. Um, I have known that I wanted to be a preschool teacher all my life. I've always had a very strong connection with children, and um, I, I noticed that on my own, but also got that from a lot of parents and other um, influences in my life who just kind of noted, you're really great with kids, and kids are very drawn to you, and I always found that very reassuring and loved it, and kids make me smile, and I mean, they say, you know, be around kids more, because it'll, it'll lift you up, and... Uh, they're, you know, they're they're so fun and full of energy, and I think in the society especially, it's great to be around that. So, yeah, I love kids. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, I've always I've always loved kids. Of course, I love being a kid a lot more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you're ever too old to do that. I don't think you're too old to be a kid. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite songs is that Neverland song from Peter Pan or Hook. Right. Uh, I mean, I think if you want to be a kid, you can be a kid. There's certain things that society asks of you in terms of being a responsible adult, but you can still have fun and and be excited about things and be silly. I mean, one of my most favorite people in the world, Lunette, is a kid. I mean, she's totally a kid, and she's our cooking teacher, actually, at the preschool. That's very cool. She's so cool. She's just fun and silly and uh, also very responsible, and she's an honest person. I mean, she's got those really great human qualities, and at the same time, she knows how to have fun and be a kid. So um, tell us a little bit more about the school. How is it different from other schools? Well, Montessori specifically, um, I like to think of it as it's child-directed learning. So the children in my classroom uh, are, in a way, in charge of what we're learning. Um, I kind of listen to them and see what they're interested in and then allow them to decide what we should look deeper into. And um, this year has been particularly interesting because I have three-year-olds and I have five-year-olds. And amazingly enough, three-year-olds and five-year-olds are very different and um, have very different ways of learning and their interests are also very different. But in general, they definitely have a love for learning. And so if I provide materials for them that they're interested in, they're going to get really involved and they're going to get excited about whatever it is, you know, that we're studying or um, exploring. And uh, I think more than anything, I try to keep the classroom very natural, very green and very um, just, it's like bringing the outside in because I honestly believe that kids do best when they're outside and when they're in nature. I agree. Um, actually, when I was a kid, I went to a Montessori school, and uh, and my mom taught there, which was really interesting. Oh, cool. Which probably wasn't the best idea. <laughs> I definitely got some pretty, you know, um, special treatment just being her son. But she taught art there, which was kind of cool. And um, and I remember being a kid at a Montessori school. Uh, 
it was it was definitely a different type of environment than a regular school. It was very much they give you a bunch of different things that you can kind of try out and see what you really like. I loved pouring. That was mm, my favorite thing. Yeah. But uh, and then they had this great playground out back, and and they had some. I don't know. It was very interesting. Uh, I was definitely. I definitely like that kind of um, environment. And then transitioning from that to regular school was also very difficult for me. Yeah, I'd be, I'm definitely interested in looking more into what the elementary age edu- uh, Montessori education looks like. Um, because I, I definitely know that in preschool, there's so much independence given to the children. And I haven't really observed a whole lot of just public preschools. I mean, I'm guessing it's similar, you know, there's a lot of play and there's songs and there's games, which are all things any kid, most children, most right. children love. Um, but I do know that, that especially in the Montessori classroom, uh, kids are given the chance to be everything they can. You know, there's there aren't a whole lot of restrictions. I, I know for me specifically, I try to avoid saying don't or you can't do that mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, that's too hard. I. I try to give them a chance to do it, and if they can't, there's um, there's a lot of times where I'll kind of give them that extra boost so that they can reach it themselves rather than do it for them, mm-hmm. just to really help them figure out on their own what they're capable of. And if they can't get it, then that's a lesson, and that's an okay thing, too. It's I, I've heard it said that the first few years of your life are kind of the really formatory years. Like, they kind of set up for you how you interact in certain situations, what the basis of your interactions with people and your kind of personality is. Is All that stuff is formed. Like, your brain changes the most in the first few years of life. Then, like, after that, it's really kind of set in stone. So those things that you, those experiences you have when you're in elementary school and preschool and and kindergarten and those years are the ones that kind of set you up for how you deal with the rest of your life and I think it's definitely very important to have the kind of experiences that allow you to grow in the different ways that you would kind of need to you know um, interact with people later definitely yeah a, a lot of schools kind of miss that and I think one of the most important things is, is really paying attention to a kid when is he having one of those moments where he's like uh, is this one of those formative moments that mm. decides how that kid is going to interact with people based on this? You know, like how does he deal with kids on the playground? How does he uh, deal with um, school? You know, does he pay attention? All that kind of stuff. And I don't think it's like, like I, I, I mean, this is me, but I think there's definitely a balance between telling someone um, or showing people different ways of interacting and also you know, cutting it off at the point where they are making decisions for themselves, like allowing them to be kind of, kind of independent in terms of their own personal growth. Because if you're just forcing lessons on them, then mm-hmm. they're not going to learn. Right. But you do still want to give them that opportunity. So it's almost like opening the doors for them and just kind of letting them choose which ones they want to walk through almost. Yeah, I definitely agree with you in terms of giving opportunity rather than forcing any kind of lesson on a child. I don't think any person, adult, child, anyone can learn as well if they're not interested and um and so yeah opening the doors and and definitely providing a lot of variety is really helpful um because especially in a classroom with 20 kids not everybody's gonna love the same things right there's a um there's a quote that i really like it's you may give children your love but not your thoughts for they have their own thoughts 
which I think is kind of cool. Kids definitely have their own thoughts. I mean, um, they are so they are so unique in their personality, and I found as a teacher this year that um, there is a challenge and um, there's an excitement in that because you have so many different ways to look at things through their eyes. I mean, if you're truly able to look at things through their eyes, I remember the other day um, during a circle, we were um, we do this thing called the silent game, which I love. Um, for one minute every day, these kids sit with me and we sit silently, just listening to our breathing. Our bodies are still. I mean, they're learning and playing all day long, but I love the fact that I'm giving them a chance to sit quietly and maybe they'll carry that on, maybe they won't, but I mean, even... I think anybody can can use that, um, mm-hmm. but I I was on my stomach and most of them were on their stomach and I was looking into each of their eyes and it was just amazing to see how individual each of them were. Um, I just they have so much to offer and you know there's there's all those cliche things like you know the children of this world are the next generation and you know all all of those things that say let the children be who they are because they're they're the next ones to rule the world or whatever it is but it it really has truth because i think as we get older we kind of forget that we have that that we're um that we have that exploration that we have those opportunities and those kids know it i mean their world's all about them anyway <laughs> but but they know that that Whatever they want to explore, whatever they want to do, they can do it, given that opportunity. And so that's what I try to do as a teacher, is give them that opportunity to be whoever they want.
Welcomes Frank and poor old Jim They're gathering round with all my friends We're older now and the light is dim And you are only just To all your fears It's short, it's simple, it's crystal clear It's roundabout and it's somewhere here Last amongst our winning
So if you're just joining us, I'm on the air with uh, Hannah Tashin, and we are talking about kids, uh, more specifically education. So um, I guess picking up where we left off, uh, I was going to ask you a question, and that would be, uh, what do you think is one of the most important kind of uh, lessons to impart to children, uh, you know, from a teacher's perspective? Well, that's, that's interesting to think about, um, especially as a preschool teacher. I've definitely come across the question, what is the point of a three-year-old being in school if, for example, their mom or dad can be at home with them? Like, why not spend those years with your child? What's the point of being in school um, <clears throat> or in a classroom environment even? Um, and I think, I think one of the most important things is developing very strong social skills um, and discovering who you are. Um, I think those things kind of go together. Um, you figure out who you get along with, uh, what kinds of things you like, and when you know what you like, you know who you want to play with. And I mean, I could, my vocabulary could be very preschool right now just in thinking about this, but um, I definitely think that um, being in school for children is mostly about um, becoming becoming strong in what they know and what they want and um, I mean there's the whole thing about you know children are so demanding or, or they uh, things with listening like maybe the child has a hard time listening but have you listened to that child? I mean perhaps they're trying to tell you something that you're not really hearing them say. I mean, I, I come across that with different children in the class. Um, I think, I think kids, like I said earlier, are very unique and they, they know what they want or they have an idea of what they want. And if you can see that, if you can find a way to see what it is they're trying to get at and kind of nudge them towards it, you know, provide those opportunities and open those doors and, and give them activities with certain children who are similar to them in order to uh, foster that, then I think they're going to be that much better at discovering who they are and what they want and, and how to be an independent person and how to gain that confidence for themselves. Right. Um, what's the difference between, like, uh, there definitely seems to be a difference between home life for a kid and school life. What's what is that? Well, I think that's interesting. I mean, um, everybody's experiences are very different, um, depending on what your home life is like and and what your school life is like. I have friends who um, have been homeschooled, and uh, their their moms or dads or whoever specifically moms in this case were were very much in the mind frame of a teacher. You know, they wanted to do that exploration. They wanted to get down and see all the little things. And um, <clears throat> I think in that way, home life can be very much a discovering place, just like school can be. Um, but I've also thought about it where you know parents are on this go 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 today and. Maybe the, the child ends up playing by themselves or mm -hmm. gets thrown in front of a TV, which I will never have a TV in my house for that reason. Uh, yeah. Did you have a TV when you were growing up? I did. I had a TV and I had actually Nintendo, but we, we only had like 
four stations on the TV, which actually pissed me off during high school. <laughs> so, but like four years, and everyone's talking about all these shows, and like I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I had that with radio. It's interesting. I mean, I I think it's great when when parents take the time to notice what is being watched and what is being listened to. Um, mm-hmm. There are certain channels I couldn't listen to. I I couldn't watch MTV, and I remember in elementary school, everybody was watching MTV, and I wasn't allowed to. Yeah, I didn't have it. So yeah, I was really. But when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons because of their moral values, which pissed me off because everyone was watching The Simpsons. Well, and so that's interesting. Like when <laughs> when when your child wants to be part of that social dynamic in school, but let's say my personal opinion here. Let's say the things that they're doing, they shouldn't be doing. You know that it's almost like peer pressure, even though there's there's no one forcing them to sit in front of The Simpsons or whatever. It's just interesting to think about because, I mean, you want your child to develop strong social skills, but at the same time, you want them to stand up for themselves, right. and you want them to have the right uh, the right morals. And I mean, I don't regret not watching MTV, and now as an adult, who I mean, I definitely have my own independent mind streaks for sure. But I don't want to watch that. Like right. I. I don't agree with it. I think there's a lot of things on there that uh, are just nasty. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely don't regret regret not having the TV growing up because actually it was very helpful for me. Although I did get into video games and stuff and that was my thing. But in order to do that, my mom said that I had to save up and purchase that system myself, mm-hmm. which I did. It took me a year mm-hmm. but that was how long it took me to buy my first Nintendo. Cool. So in that way, yes, I got to kind of choose what kind of, I guess, um, media I would saturate my life with, mm-hmm. but it was definitely a personal choice and not a, uh, this is do, I'm doing this because everybody else is doing it, which I right. kind of like. Yeah, I well, like that about... And you're also, you're also gaining a lot of responsibility in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that reminds me of, like, getting a pet. Like, a parent would say, you know... You can have a puppy if you can show me that you can be responsible and keep your room clean. And I never had a puppy, but <laughs> I wonder. And I wonder if I had ever had a puppy, if I would be, uh, if I would love dogs that much more. But um, yeah, I think developing that responsibility and doing something like um, collecting money and saving it up so that you can buy your own thing. And I think you have a lot more respect for that thing. You know, you, you're going to treat it a lot better than. Like, for example, Christmas comes and, and you're handed all these toys and it's like, ooh, I got a whole bunch of new stuff. And then two days later, you're back on the swings outside. I mean, uh, it's it's stuff. And unless you're personally attached to it, I, I, I don't know what the importance of it becomes, you know? Right. Yeah. Um I was going to say something really awesome. I totally forgot what it was. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, no. Yeah, why don't you continue? Well, I just, um, I guess one other thing is just in children when they're growing up and they're in that environment, especially with the whole peer pressure thing um, and wanting them to gain those social skills, I think the social skills are really essential. And when adults are in tune with what um, their children's friends are doing, and they really foster those connections, like have uh, playdates with those parents or, or, you know, whatever it is. I say playdates because that's how it is in preschool. I'm sure when you get older, that's not what it's called. But, um, like, I have another teacher friend of mine at the Montessori. Her son 
has these two really great friends and they love to do stuff outside and uh, and they're like three musketeers or something like that and, and they know that and they know that they like to be adventurous and um, be playful and she knows that these are really good friends for him and so she's willing to put that energy toward making sure that they get to hang out and um, I think just back on what we were saying before, limits are really important with kids, like how much time you're spending with a certain person or how much time you're spending on the computer or, or mm-hmm. in front of the TV or whatever it is. Um, because if a, if a parent is able to develop that structure and a child understands what that structure means rather than it just being like, you know, I have to turn off the computer now because mom said so. Right then they start to learn that responsibility and they start to learn what it means to take care of themselves. Right. Well, you know, I think it's the difference between being told what to do and actually having the experience. Mm -hmm. Kids learn, everybody learns by experience more than anything else. So giving them those opportunities, you know, like my mom allowing me to actually save up enough money to buy that Nintendo. I mean, that for me was an experience. It was a choice that I would I would then be, you know, saving up for something I wanted, but by doing that I was learning responsibility in certain mm-hmm. areas and things like that. So she, you know, allowing her allowing me to make my choices but also giving me the opportunity to become aware of the consequences of those choices at mm-hmm. the same time still allows me to have my own experiences and make my own mistakes, but also with kind of a, a bit of an awareness of the greater picture, which I think is incredibly important and is the big difference between somebody setting their kid in front of a TV and actually, you know, talking with them or, you know, or, or just, you know, somebody saying you're grounded and that's it uh, versus actually explaining them what's going on or why or giving them certain options with Within those, yeah. you know, experiences, and I yeah. think that's very important to have, because it's, it's something that, yeah, it's there's to me there's a big difference between just because kids mimic you. I mean, they do Definitely. what you do, or you know, you, if you're not listening to them, they're not going to listen to you. Nope. If, you no, know. you have to gain that respect, and uh, and then they'll respect you. But that's so important. Right. So. Um, so let's go back to media. Media? I think that's a very good discussion. Yes, it is. Um, I feel very strongly about media. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had Fraggle Rock, which Ooh. was awesome. <laughs> I loved that show. And my parents actually uh, told time to me in Fraggle Rock episodes, <laughs> which was fantastic for me. Cause, so uh, what did that sound like? Well, you know, on a like a, a car trip or something like that and be like, how long until we get there? And be like, well, it's five, it's five Fraggle Rock episodes. <laughs> yeah, so that worked for me. I mean, it was a it was a tool for time. Well, it's something you relate to. Right. Something you understand. Now, I, I know we were just talking about not sitting a kid in front of a television, <laughs> which I definitely think is true, but I also think there's, you know, responsible television. And there's, oh, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely a difference, you know, okay, Fraggle Rock, maybe Sesame Street, some of that kind of stuff, versus South Park, which is what most kids are watching nowadays. I know. It's amazing how quickly I feel like these kids are growing up. <laughs> and, I mean, studies show... But a lot of it has to do with the things they're watching and listening to, um, mm. especially when it comes to commercials. Right. I mean, they're just bombarded with these images and and all these things that they should be and they could be and you should try harder so that you can be like this or if you, you know, I mean, everybody knows what commercials are, but um, I think it really, it really depends on what they're watching, um, how they're going to turn out or 
behave. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people to understand what's out there and to have that exposure, but, you know, in a responsible way. And, and yeah, kids are going to do what they're going to do. They're going to listen to the kind of music they want to listen to. They're going to play violent video games, maybe read comic books. They're going to be exposed to this stuff no matter what. Yeah. So it's like if, if you're able to provide a structure in which they can be exposed to it in a responsible way where they understand that it's more than just what they're seeing, there's all this other stuff behind it, you know? Well, isn't wasn't that the original intention? of PG-13 movies. I mean, parental guidance. Someone was supposed to sit there if the child wasn't 13, whoever picked that age, I'm not really sure, and watch it with them so that if something weird or uh, unfamiliar came up for the child, they could talk them through it. You know, um, there's a four-year-old, I think she's four, maybe she's five, who I babysit for. and, um, And her mother is very particular about what she watches. And there were these really cool, uh, very independent kind of cartoons that uh, she had her, she rented one time when I came over. Um, She has a younger brother, so I can see how the TV is helpful when there's a baby involved, depending on what they're watching. Anyway, so this independent cartoon, um, there were no words. It was music and these really... I mean, they were intense drawings, Um, but mom sat there with her. I walked in, mom sat there with her and was kind of explaining what was going on because there was some crazy stuff like fires and um, it was very much based on the world and the environment and how, you know, pollution is taking effect on people and um, it was really cool. I actually want to rent them. I wish I knew what they were called right now, Um, but I just think having a parent there when something is not appropriate or is unfamiliar is going to help that child understand what's happening instead of just be confused about it and try to emulate it themselves. Well, that kind of brings us back full circle to, you know, there's, there's your home life, your school life, your, your life with your friends and things like that. And, um, one of the biggest questions people have is what's the responsibility of the school versus the responsibility of the parent? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much a school can teach somebody, you know, yeah. you can't be there for every single question that they have and people that just throw their kids in front of TV or just say, well, you know, school should be teaching them about sex education and, you know, I- interaction in certain things and, and violence and all that kind of stuff and that should be the school's job because they're educating people and then schools are like well this should be the parents job because you're their parents you Mm -hmm. know it's definitely kind of a fine line and people that don't have that parental guidance are trying to get it from school anyway i think where i uh feel very strongly about that is that if a parent and their child teacher have a very strong connection a very open uh connection and and have a lot of conversations hopefully they'll be on the same page with a lot of these things. And if one of these questions were to come up, either school or parent would be able to answer the question. And if they weren't, they could say, you know, why don't you go ask Miss Hannah? <laughs> or, you know, so that, so that it doesn't feel like they're being ignored. It doesn't feel like their questions are going unanswered. But we don't all have the answers. I mean, I might not feel comfortable answering a question that a child asks me. I might say, you know, you need to ask your mom about that or... I mean, with younger kids, it's easier. With older kids, they want very direct answers. I know that from experience, but um, that answers answers are hard for everybody, I think. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time. Um, so is there anything, any particular thought that you would want to leave people with? Hmm. Yes. I. 
more than anything, in my experience as a teacher, feel so strongly about the unique personalities of every individual child. And in order to show that child respect, you have to appreciate who they are. And I think that can only come from listening and observing. And so in, in whether you're a, a teacher or a parent, just allowing the child to be themselves and watching them be themselves is so important for their development and confidence and, and for you as well. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you. I enjoyed being on the show. All right.
And now it's time for a classic commercial break. KSKQ LP 94.9 FM Community Radio in Ashland, a project of the Multicultural Association of Southern Oregon. Tune in to my show, Maya's Mix, every Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice proudly supports KSKQ LP 94.9 FM in Ashland. Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice brings together labor unions, religious congregations, student groups, and the community organizations to improve working people's standard of living, job security, and their right to organize. Visit their website at www.sojwj.org. KSKQ thanks Southern Oregon Jobs with Justice for supporting community radio. Banana phone Ring, 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 ring Banana phone To change your personal greeting, press 1 Have a tone, record your greeting At the end of your greeting, press pound Here's how your personal greeting will sound And now, our favorite answering machine messages Next on Public Radio 91, we'll be hearing music of Anton Dvorak. This is the Beep Serenade in C-sharp minor, opus 72. End of messages. To disconnect, press goodbye. And now for something completely different. Murder Underground. 
noisy, boisterous cross-section of our city life. The docks are crowded with shouting workers. The air is filled with the sound of motors. The creak of giant cranes. The grunting and puffing of tiny tugs and mighty ocean lights. And from above, we hear the steady hum of motor cars as they travel in an endless stream across the bridge that spans the river. Oh, 
Dr. Magoli? Yes? Would you come down here, please? Oh, okay. Boy, this Johnny make me dizzy. <laughs> well, what is it, ma'am? I, uh, I must ask you to leave. Huh? Why? What's wrong? My son. My son don't want me to take in boarders. I see. Well, uh, let me have my rent money back, then. Your money back? You, you want your money back? Well, certainly. I paid you a week in advance, didn't I? What? I don't want to give up the money. It's mine now. See, it's mine. Well, look, either give me back the money or I stay here. Oh, you'll stay if you don't get the money? Yes, ma'am. I see. <laughs> well, I tried. I tried to make it go, didn't I? And you refused. So there's nothing I can do about it, is there? No, ma'am. Not a thing. Well, then... As long as you're staying here, Mr. Magoni, I have a little favor I want you to do for me. A little favor for a poor old lady. Come with me. Come along. Come with me. Wasn't that some of the most amazing acting you have ever heard? So, um, just to recap, because I didn't go over the songs that we played earlier, um, we, we started out with uh, something, Kids by MGMT, we did Oh Children by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and then we did Youth by Modest Yahoo. So, usually I would have a, a new segment to introduce you to right now, but we ran out of time, so I'm going to have to do that next week instead. And uh, here we are, almost at the end of our show. But before we go, get out a pen and paper. It's time for spell speak. Spell speak. So if you can keep up, you'll be able to decipher this very important message. Once you're done, be the first to email me this message at Trevor at KSKQ.org, and you'll get a 10% savings on your first project with Lightworks Media. Lightworks provides conscious marketing, video, web, and print design services to businesses worldwide. Go to www.lightwerxmedia.com for more info. If you need to hear the message again, the show will be up in the archive section at KSKQ.org later tonight. Here we go. A S H O T G U N W E D D I N G I S A C A S E O F W I F E O R D E A T H. After the closing, we'll be playing Youth of the Nation by POD. Coming up at eight is usually Whistling in the Dark, but the guy's not here yet, so I'm thinking maybe it will just be random programming. So if you have feedback or suggestions or just want to say hi, Send me a message at trevor at kskq.org or go to thealternativeradioshow.com to listen to some of our past skits, segments, archived shows, and to link to our Facebook page. You can listen to our show every Tuesday at 7 on kskq.org, 94.9 FM. And um, in honor of Mother's Day, before we go, I don't know how many of you know this, but Betty White was on Saturday Night Live recently, and it was a fantastic show, and she did a great job. She's a fantastic person who will probably be here much longer than any of us will be alive. So in honor of that, I'm going to play uh, a skit from the show. Uh, so happy Mother's Day to everybody.
have a seat right here. Okay. Betty, you've given us so many wonderful memories over the years. This one's for you. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a cow and a confidant. And if you threw a party, invited everyone to do. Oh, I love it. You Just lovely. But I think I prefer my version. <laughs> Two, three, four. And that's the last word. You've been listening to The Alternative Show, which would not be possible without substantial donations from Anna Septic, created by Aaron Tires, with producer Terry Clough, and studio engineers Ida Ho and Randy Peters. Special thanks to Howie Kisses, Hi Marks, and my good friend Richard Keyes. Patent lawyer Meg O'Tan, Mary Kay cosmetics saleswoman Doris Close, and of course Al Gore for inventing the internet, without which this nearly live streaming broadcast would not be possible. All celebrity voices are impersonated unless stated otherwise during the show, which is broadcast live on location at Walt Disney's Tomorrowland Theme Park Disneyland Press. Where la piscine dans les Disneyland Resort. C'est plus bon, magnifique. Featuring the host with the most, Trevor S. Thomas, and yours truly, Alan Ray. You're listening to KSKQ 94.9 FM, Ashland Radio, a product of the Multicultural Association of Oregon. Thank you, and good night. Show, the Friday Night Reggae Dub Experience here on uh, station KSKQ 